1: Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast-read disclaimer things. Go give Fine Dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. ooh ah, that magic spoon. Get on the spoon that takes me to you. I'm probably going to get sued for parodying the Who song Magic Bus, but... I'm pumped about Magic Spoon. Not only pumped that they're advertising on my podcast, but pumped to tell you guys about it because I love this stuff. It's delicious. I loved cereal growing up, but you can't eat that anymore. You can't have dessert first thing in the morning. Cereal, uh, later in life, became a more of a dessert treat for myself. And now, with Magic Spoon, I can treat myself and also not completely derail my current fitness goals. So I used to love to get All the unhealthy cereals, all the delicious cereals, whether they're frosty or cinnamony or chocolatey or fruity. I like them all, especially with a splash of little dairy. But now I can't have that stuff anymore. It'll wreck my stomach. It'll spike my insulin. This, that, the other thing. I got to cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy food. And I basically can't eat anything that I used to love like this. Uh, And now... I find a cereal that helps me get protein in my macros that I need. It has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. 140 calories a serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free soy-free, low-carb and GMO-free. And you could build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry and cinnamon. Peanut butter and blueberry pair together very well. Take it from me. I mean, obviously, peanut butter and cocoa pair together very well, but peanut butter and blueberry is a surprising combo that I like a lot. Go to magicspoon.com ham to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code ham at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com ham and use the code ham to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Yay! I am Mighty What's up shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, standing 6'2", 288 pounds, from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island, he's John Gabriel! Jackson Maine. Also joining me in the Mighty Studios, nearly signed co-host Arthur Gamers. Arthur, give me a shout out. Arthur's in the living room because wifey's home making flowers. Also joining me in the Mighty Studios,
0: first-time guest. I'm pumped to talk to him. We got Vic Michaelis. Wow, I gotta say, you warned <laughs> me for the intro, and I was impressed. I <laughs> did. You. I was. I still wasn't prepared for it, and I am sitting here in awe.
1: Mission accomplished. That's all Mission I want. I want to just <laughs> blow my guests back so they're like, "All right, I guess it's time to go." Yeah. Uh, tr- truly, I like to just establish the bottom for the podcast and that that way you can realize you'll never be as bad or as obnoxious as the opening to this podcast. So, Absolutely. Can I give some
0: Can I give some behind the scenes magic here? Of course. You were worried about pronouncing my last name and you nailed it. Yes,
1: I mean, I we did for more behind the scenes. I did double check with you before I said it out
0: loud, and, <laughs> and I, my first honestly, guess
1: was way off.
0: <laughs> way off, but you know what? I listen. I was listening carefully. I wanted to. I wanted to hear even like kind of like where uh, the stress was on the syllables and perfect. Ten oh. out of ten. Absolutely nailed it. Uh,
1: and if if I were to fuck it up, you would join the ranks of Mono Agapian, who's been on. <laughs> A dozen times, <laughs> and I've said it wrong every time. <laughs> and he, yep. I've known him for 10 years. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's not just my bad reading skills. I'm also rude. So don't yeah. you worry about it. I like uh, that. Vic, we met doing, or maybe uh, the last time we spoke was doing uh, Besser's South by Southwest Improv for Human show, and you told a story about Taekwondo. Yeah, And that activated me as someone who also (laughs) studied the way of foot and fist as a child, Uh, not to the level at which you did, which is thrilling to me to uh, hear anyone talk at that length about it. So uh, the second I was banking episodes for the summer, I'm like, got to get Vic. I was like, hey, Dan, can you give me Vic's contact info? This is insane. I know I've met them once, but I would love for you to be able to get my info to them. I really got
0: to say nothing has made me happier because it's the kind of thing, it's much like my love of Lego it's like the kind of thing that it's all I want to talk about and it's the one thing that nobody wants to hear about like people are so unbelievably disinterested which I get I absolutely yeah, no. do.
1: appreciate <laughs> sure choir on the same way with action movies people will be having another conversation I'll be like yeah did you know that on the set of predator Arnold <laughs> and people are like what and I'm like no one wants to talk about this right now stop trying to inject it so I launched a podcast to talk about action movies, and then that's what this podcast is for. So you could rant about Taekwondo. We could talk I about katas. We could talk about <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what? Can I ask? What did you study? Were you like a, a like what form system were you on?
1: It was it was Taekwondo, uh, mm-hmm. sung Duko, maybe something like that. He it was taught out of a garage on Long Island by. Uh, oh
0: baby an italian
1: american career war a korean war vet where he what learned what
0: is up with that my master instructor was also an italian american woman who that was like it was like the korean flag the taekwondo flag the italian flag were
1: like the big things in the gym my my Taekwondo instructor literally had USMC United States Marine Corps tattooed on both of his knuckles <laughs> it's I like uh, across both love hands <laughs> and I was so I thought it was the coolest thing that I had like this tatted up gangster Taekwondo instructor who I think just stayed in Korea after the war and, and like studied it or something like that. Or
0: that's part of his
1: like origins, like, or that's his lore that he created. But
0: I see it. I understand. Did he, was he a combat boot instructor? I feel like, um, in Chicago, like near where I was, like there was this, uh, master Jojo in the area there who had, who'd wear his like his steel toe combat boots. And like part of like drill training was like trying to step on people's toes. And so he weren't fast enough. (laughs) It was uh, I went to, I think one of his classes is kind of like, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm around the area and uh, yeah, was not for, was not for me.
1: Uh, well, two things that w- we want to talk about. So I, 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 I came up doing it in Long Island, New York, but also specifically uh, you mentioned you got start you were doing it in the 2000s. I 90s in the suburbs, like everyone was taking martial arts, like the 80s and 90s. It was exploding as like a suburban thing. And what makes your story even richer is and this is this is what hit me, is that you're way younger you were sort of in oh, yeah. in in it after, like it a was lot of. Not
0: the... cool when I was doing it. <laughs> it, it wasn't was cool in... when I was doing it, but it definitely was less cool but at when least you were. Everyone was doing it. Like right. I truly, it was like the kind of thing where, like, we started doing this because, like, I was raised by a single dad, and there were three of us, and he was just like, "I got to get these kids out of my house doing something," <laughs> and so we ended up like the local thing was the Taekwondo gym, and so like us and like our like fake cousins all signed up for it. Um, and it was just like, we'd go to school and then we'd go to the gym and we'd be there for like four hours. And then we'd go home.
1: Uh, and so how old were you at this time when you were? I was started?
0: seven when I started.
1: Wow. Yeah. Cause I, cause I started young too. Cause that's like always the thing when people are like, you were a black belt. I was like, by the time I was 17, I was a black belt, but like, <laughs> 13 to 17 it's not like i'm at like my elite karate uh, taekwondo performance at this point
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it, i don't know it's very tricky and like the way like my instructor had a really interesting story like she uh one like a woman owning a gym especially like That's... in our like conservative little town was like very like weird but cool and i'm i'm happy that like she was my uh master instructor for like most of my training but she Uh, was like a really high level competitive athlete, uh, ended up like coming third at, I believe trials in like for the Olympics in like somewhere in the nineties. And then like, was like, okay, like I'm, I'm done. She was like, she already had two kids at the time and was just like, I, I'm not putting myself through another four years of this and came back and opened the gym. I know it's incredible.
1: That's such a cool. Yeah. My, my instructor, uh, shout out Nick Mena. Uh, karate, Nick, I think he even called it Nick Mena Karate, even though he was teaching Taekwondo because yeah, it was the that. '90s. <laughs> and people, <laughs> people like people's moms would say shit like, "Well, my son wants to do karate, not Taekwondo," and it's like, just is the same thing. Just sign your kid up. This is what they want to do. It's wow. the same thing. It's not the same thing at all, but it is the same thing as thirteen-year-olds choosing between Tiger Schulman's and Nick Mena. Like it, it's not like, uh, you know, you can really test the the legitimacy of the three guys who are teaching in free yeah, suburban New York. parents
0: don't know like right. white yeah. suburban parents aren't like, Oh, like, let's go check this out. They don't like, they don't care. They just, they want you to go do it for a little bit and then be done.
1: What, what kicked off getting into martial arts? So it sounded like it was pure, but did your single dad be, be like, Hey kids, everyone's got to have a fucking hobby. I need you out of the house. And you were like, I'll do Taekwondo or was it like, I'm just going to drop all three of you off at Taekwondo and you were it. You rejected it first into it. It was your idea. Like, uh, give me a little bit of that backstory. I think Looking
0: back on it, like I am very lucky that I did have the kind of father who was like, we're doing it all. Like you're getting signed up for a little bit of everything. And Taekwondo was the one that I think for all of us stuck because it was a family sport, despite the fact my father refused to participate. He was a big fan of like showing up. Uh, with a coffee at the end of practice,
1: Vic, you're touching on some really because me and me and my brothers signed up together along with like oh. two of our friends and their siblings. I mean, my brother
0: exactly what happened with us,
1: and they're not like our fake cousins, but it was like literally my mom's friends' kids who we hung out with all the time, uh, and. Uh, Taekwondo was on Sundays, and so I always (laughs) like to say the amount of communion wafers I ate in a karate gi with a New York Giants starter jacket (laughs) over it is insane. Like so frequently me and like my fa- my, my brother and our three friends in full karate geese walking into church every Sunday. Cause our parents, like, our mom, my mom would like rope us in be like, after karate, I'll get you guys egg sandwiches. And we're like, yes. And she's like, and then we go to church and we're like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like truly what was up with that? Cause that was also like a big thing. Even when I was doing it was like wearing the dough everywhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> just being in uniform, in full uniform, belt on, and then, like, going to Dairy Queen afterwards and sitting and eating a meal there. You know but, what I mean? Like, a woman- I got to
1: say, part of the s- reason you sign up as a kid <laughs> is to put the gi on. Like, and I'm I'm now almost 40, a grown man. I've comp- I played at a bunch of sports, competed in a bunch of – putting on any uniform does feel good. Even, like, you know, like, you start to – when I yeah. I put on a rugby kit the other day for like uh, a sh- uh my wife on, uh, I need my wife to take a picture of me in my rugby uniform for a thing. So I started putting it on and I put it on and I'm like, oh, oh shit. I started to be like, I'm feeling, I'm ready to play. So if I put yeah. on a gi right now, I think I would be fucking breaking pine in no time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like there is something where like it's, it it kind of is like uh, like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. Like if you did anything like that, like it is sort of like I don't know. There is a little bit of magic to the uniform. I totally agree. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what other people think because you got like your group that's all doing it. And like that's yeah. like the fun part of it. Especially
1: in the '90s, karate geese and ninja costume. Like I was a ninja of like every. Halloween for like you know the ages eight through sixteen or something like that. I just well, not
0: only was there Karate Kid, you had Three Ninjas at that yeah, time Rocky, too. Colt like,
1: and Tum Tum. Yeah, yeah. Like
0: what a what a what a time to be alive and to be a martial artist.
1: I'm one of three boys, and we all did martial arts, so it was like Three Ninjas came out, and we actually went to go see Three Ninjas in the theater with my grandpa, <laughs> and they somehow played wow. the second reel of the movie first and then played the second reel again. So me and my brothers were like, it's already so confusing because the movie just opens with them like in the middle of uh, issues. And then it goes for like 20 something minutes and then starts over. And then my grandpa was like, I think something might be wrong. And me and
0: my brothers were
1: like, yeah, we were so (laughs) excited to watch Three Ninjas Kick Back, the sequel. And this absolutely fucking sucks. Absolutely
0: Uh, wild.
1: Also on that trip, random tangent, I remember the woman at the, taking the tickets told my grandpa, you're not a senior citizen. You have to pay full price. And he was like, yes, I am. And like took out his ID and had to show his ID. And my grandpa, uh, you know, a little, uh, <laughs> a little ready to snap at any moment was like this fucking bitch. How, she doesn't ask me how old I, am. why would I lie about being a senior citizen? And we're just like 10, eight and four walking into the
0: movies with him. Like, okay, pop pop. <laughs> oh my God. But also too like, and maybe this isn't fair, but like to the ticket taker, why? Why do you care? Like just why? Give it, like yeah. come on. Maybe <laughs> she owned the theater. Yes,
1: and then you know what that makes her even more interesting. She's like, I like to you know slum it and do the the regular jobs at the theater just to you know f- know what my employees. Maybe it was an undercover boss. She undercover boss
0: herself for her like three employees. She walked <laughs> in, in on herself. No, it's you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, so the main reason we got into it was because we were into action movies. We were into Chuck Norris, Van Damme, Sagal. Oh, great. So that's what kicked off our love for that. And then like in the 90s when we were kids, there was like a sort of magic to the martial arts. You know, I, anything Asian in the 80s and 90s was treated like mystical and magical and stuff like that. Uh, but for us, it was like once we learned that You can learn to do that stuff. And then you don't, you know, you have the disconnect of like, Van Damme's not doing that stuff. You can't learn to do what he does. It will take forever. He's an absolute uh, genetic freak and all that. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, Oh, okay. You learn yeah, all that. They're not a part
0: of the curriculum. Yes, exactly. It's like, <laughs> when do
1: I learn parkour? And yeah. it's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, cause I remember when we started taking Taekwondo, we were like, and then we got to take gymnastics so we could do flips and shit. And it's like, wait,
0: why do we need to do gymnastics? We went to trampoline every Saturday in the hope that we were going to be able to learn like, f- like flips. Like, (laughs) Like um, our goal, anytime we go to big tournaments, you know how they have like, did you do, did you compete at all?
1: Uh, No, I, we only had to spar like on our tests, but I never competed at that level. No.
0: Well, in like, anytime you walk into any kind of those competitions, they're all over YouTube. If you're like into that sort of thing. Oh, I watched
1: a lot of demonstrations. All those
0: demos. Like you always see like these like 12 year olds that are like spinning and like running up, like, it's like they're running up boards, like breaking them as they like go like up like. I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than what you're talking boards. about I,
1: I, to describe exactly what you're talking about. It's like in a video game where you can jump to the wall and jump off. There are people who like do that up three boards, like yes. breaking boards on the way up or back on the way down. And, or there's like uh, a, a pair of nine year old twins who are both doing like nunchuck kata. And then there's like an eight year old girl who's got like a, long wushu spear that she's like whipping around and flipping. And you're like, Holy shit. It does feel like in movies growing up, like Wayne's world Two parodies it with like, and behind this door is a bunch of people doing some elite training. You know, it just feels like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. And and then you're
1: just like a kid over on the edge. Who's like, I'm going to spar for points against other 12 year olds. But there's like two guys doing somersaults with size in their hands and shit. (laughs) It's
0: like, it's so, it truly is. So, wild because it really puts into perspective immediately like your talent level <laughs> and, like, your your place in the order here <laughs> so it's, it's hard to get too big of a head uh in a sport where uh, there's people that are just always going to be significantly better than you
1: how did it feel when you got started like were you into it right away were you not into it did you have a natural uh uh capabilities towards it like is there your athletic capabilities where they lined up for Taekwondo. Like what...
0: so for me, I think this was a perfect storm. And I'm going to say this, not to brag, but I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. So it was uh, sort of... Uh,
1: you, you do comedy now and taekwondo then? Yeah, I know, Vic.
0: I'm not going to brag, but I was alone a lot. And uh, so, so like what was kind of a perfect situation was like, you go and it's like a lot of other people that really don't fit in other places. Like, especially at my tiny little Midwest gym, it was like a lot of other... like there was like, uh, these two brothers that had like, uh, like shaved heads and those like tiny little, like round tails tail. on the Rat back. Tails. Yeah. And yeah. so like, you know, it was like them. And then, <laughs> you know, like, and then it was like me and a lot of other boys, which I really loved at the time. And then my siblings, which was like, which was the best. And like, we all would just go and hang out with each other. And then especially once we started competing, like I was really just kind of like, oh, we're doing this. And then I, think around like green belt is when you're forced to spar at our gym. I know all gyms sort of do the belt system differently, but that would be like our fourth belt in for your tests. You have to, it's the first time you have to spar. Um and I actually was like, oh I'm I love this. I love, I love kicking people. I love <laughs> hurting people. This is what was this was, is was the best.
1: Was the violence appealing? Was the thrill had you had you done any like other athletic competitions before this also are you in high school as a green belt or is this like junior high? if you're seven when you start are you sparring so works, at 10
0: it works like our gym uh it takes like you went through approximately like three to four belts a year so you mm-hmm. get your black belt in about three to four years depending on there's like one black belt test a year so if you make the cutoff you could do it in three years some people it takes four years so at this point I'm i'm probably like nine when I'm starting and, to... and, and
1: you're competing against other nine-year-olds in, in uh point sparring for Taekwondo, right? Is it points or is it
0: it's points. So like yeah. uh, they change the system every year. And this is also like a pretty big point of contention and actually something that like, I think it's not, it's like great for a viewer really, really tough. So the different divisions that they have, they've got like 14 to 17. Uh, you can start doing head, headshots. Uh, and They've recently, I don't know if it's still up to date, but they changed a bunch of the point system. So now the most valuable point is spinning kicks to the head, Jeez. which is like, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a sport that's really trying to keep up with MMA. I, I was going to say, it's like
1: rocking jock. It's like the the five pointer from half court. It's like, we don't need to make kids actively doing spin kicks at each other's heads all the time. Nah. Like, no, nah. in in
0: like <laughs> no. In any way, shape, or form. I mean, like, I don't think anybody really needs to be doing it, spitting kicks to anyone's head. It's, like, no. the most velocity you can have coming at somebody's head. And, I mean, like, I, I don't know about you, but, like, as somebody that's had, like, concussions from a lot less than that, like, I, like, a, a regular kick to the head is fine. Like, that'll do the job. We don't need We don't need it.
1: When all the new CTE info was coming out, my we were, like, watching a football game they were, or something, and they were talking, maybe it was real sports, and they were talking about it. And my wife goes, Haven't you had like a lot of concussions? And I was like, yeah, I've had like eight or nine or something like that. And she's like, isn't that really bad? I'm like, yeah, it sounds like it was not good for me to have that many concussions, but doing martial arts. Street fighting and uh playing rugby. Street will be- <laughs>
0: fighting. That's just
1: something that happens to white trash uh boys and in my school, lots of girls. But yeah, uh sure, something sure, that- sure. it happened to a lot of us uh 16-year-old boys. Especially if any of the bullies at school find out you do karate, because then oh. they really want to be like, let me see your karate, you little insert as many homophobic slurs as you can. Sure. Uh, I mean, so- that
0: was always the fun, weird thing, eh? Like everybody's like Oh, show me like as soon as they hear about Taekwondo, it doesn't matter if they think it's cool or not. It doesn't matter sort of where you're at. Everybody wants to like know what it looks like. And there's no good way to demonstrate that in a, in a setting like that. It's like, tell me a joke. Yeah. I was just about to say,
1: isn't it weird that those two things it's, uh, martial arts comedy and being a doctor those are the only three things that someone <laughs> actively asks you to do at a party like if you're like i'm a comedian they're like tell me a joke i do taekwondo oh let me see a kick i'm a doctor great my shoulder has been hurting for a week do you think yeah. it's blank? can you look at this <laughs> pus-filled mole on my ass or whatever and so it's that's really funny and it's so true like And the people who go, well, let me see it. You have no idea if they're going to be into it or if they're looking for a way to bully you. And there's just like the only choice you have is like, no, I won't. They're like, you loser. You don't know what you're talking about. It's like, all right, fine. Here's a snapping front kick. And you do it. And they're like, really, you? Pussy or That's whatever, what younger. you do. Yeah, yeah. It's like
0: it's so it's so horrible. It's so not not horrible. It's fun, uh, but it's. Well, <laughs> but it's just like my whole no life has win. been
1: the things I like most to do are things like you don't want other people to see you do. Like you're like yes. It's so hard being twelve and being like I like D and D martial arts and I cry at movies and if anyone of at school finds this out. I'm a dead man. Okay, they found it out. Here comes six years of bullying. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's like, it's all bad. And you'd think the martial arts would help with that. Uh, and it really doesn't at all uh, with self-defense or anything like that. Like It, re-
1: it really doesn't because you can't, like, e- if you're 10, no matter how much Taekwondo you know, like a 10 year old who's slightly more developed than you is a, uh, is a different species. Like, and that's usually who the bullies are. The people who uh, got bodies before like, Oh, you have a mustache and we're in seventh grade. And now you're throwing me in the toilet. Got it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. And I would say like, it is one of those things where like, I also would will argue like growing up, I did not help myself. Cause I started Taekwondo and as soon as I got to like green belt, uh, like maybe like blue belt, I was like, okay, I'm taking the show on the road recess. I'm going to run my own gym and I'm going to, I'm going to like, you were teaching
1: TKD at school to your friends. Recess
0: (laughs) to one girl and her little sister who were very into it until Uh we got discovered in the corner of the playground by a teacher who proceeded to call over a couple of additional students, uh, to be like, Oh, what's going on here. And, uh, that was the end of,
1: yeah oh teachers can be snitches too interesting absolutely
0: i think it depends on your area but uh, definitely uh the teachers at my school were not uh not great they thought it was hilarious the teachers at my school
1: were wildly unsupportive i tell this story too much on the pod but my high school football coach who was also my social studies teacher called (laughs) me gay boy for my four years of high school (laughs) and like it's uh, other people called because of my last name. I was just called that for fucking four years. What? And I was like, a teacher initiated it.
0: <laughs> Wild. He would, Wild. Eventually, he would
1: eventually lose his job as football coach when he took the team to a sleepaway Hell Week camp and uh, hazing went too far and <gasps> kids sued the school. Uh, <gasps> yeah. That. If you you can, if I give you my name in my high school, and you look up Mepham High School controversy, Mepham High
0: School. Well, I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's that one. It's not funny at all. But kids were, in hindsight, sexually like what was called sexual assault now, like but oh. but then was called hazing, and kids were sexually assaulted by uh, upperclassmen on the football team. Like holy so, shit! And in hindsight, what happened to me was clearly sexual assault. Like you know, but it was like pants being pulled down and ass being slapped and stuff like it, it escalated in the three yeah. years after I left, but just unchecked fucking boys is like, is in high school is just high unchecked people in high school. I should just, just to clarify.
0: It. You said he lost his job as the football coach.
1: I believe he also got fired as a teacher, but I know for a fact I'm, I'm safe saying that because the football team was like disbanded for two years. Yeah.
0: Whoa.
1: Good. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> And it like that should not be part of it. Like when you zoom out and in hindsight, like you have like intense hazing for like this low level tier shit. It's like you're a fraternity at a liberal arts college. You're a high school football team that is not even going to the playoffs. Like you don't need like this level of intensity that you took from Duke lacrosse. Like we don't need to bring that to fucking kids.
0: Yeah. I mean like, Just in general, like, I find that, like, anytime you got kind of, like, youth sports like that or, like, elite sports, and I, I mean, like, I'm sure it happens in all sports, but I guess, like, the sports that I've noticed it most was, like, in martial arts, because I went to, like, a lot of, like, uh, I, I was at the Olympic camp for a couple of summers doing stuff, and, like, like shady shit goes on and like it's like kids and like sometimes it's like adults that like don't quite know they're adults yet like haven't like realized like oh yeah like I'm in charge of this situation and it's just like it's really like horrible and I'm I'm very happy like the people it seems like are starting to talk more about it like watching yeah. what happened with the gymnastics uh doctor and all that stuff like it seems like hopefully it's going to be safer for
1: future generations. It's, it, it can, it has to be like, it can only be safer for future generations. It's because uh, it's, it's one of those things that in hindsight, you're like, Oh, maybe the dude who knows Taekwondo the best in our town, isn't necessarily the best person to be in charge of kids. Like this yeah. guy, this guy knows football. Maybe he doesn't know, like understand developing 13 year old boy. Like it's like, just like, that weird thing where like how now we elect all these and uh, elect or give all these people these huge platforms where it's like maybe we don't need to listen to someone whose like background is cosmetics about how to turn the world around. Maybe we don't need to listen to someone who was a- an Olympiad they don't need to be the governor. Someone yeah, who has yeah, a like, I don't want to a, know their
0: plan on infrastructure. I'm, like, not interested. Right, that's, uh, like,
1: God forbid we have a few people that have studied the thing. Everyone's got to be an outside-the-box thinker. It's like, you know, a little thinking inside the box could help us. <laughs> box, but,
0: stay in the box 2024. That's what we want. Just, like, no, no, just keep it, keep it normal. Someone
1: who understands politics, cares about people. We don't need someone who's, like, but you don't understand they come at it with an approach of a Taekwondo instructor. It's like, that's not who you want running the country or anything potentially as we're learning, maybe not even Taekwondo.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe probably not even Taekwondo. Like, I think that's totally fine. Like uh, it's, it's so, it's so strange, but like, I genuinely overall, uh, you know, had a really, like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I genuinely do think that like, it taught me like a lot of discipline. Uh, like it was an incredible way to like work out and it gave me my only friends that I had for like, for like 10 years, you know what yeah, I mean? Hard to, hard to
1: argue against all the, all those perks there. Yeah.
0: But, you know, it really, like, I got to travel, like, across the country. So I started getting really competitive. uh, I would say when I was, like, 11, Uh, my sister was also really great. And she's four years younger than me. Uh, She is somebody that, like, could have been incredible. And just when she turned, like, 14 was like, I'm done. I'm not interested in doing this anymore. And it was the most infuriating thing in the world. Because I was good, but I was never great. And she, like, had the ability to be great. And I am. I respect her decision. I think looking back, like I totally get it. But boy, what? oh boy, at the time was it infuriating.
1: In my thirties, in my in my late twenties and thirties, I became a bit of a wine guy, and I got to say, I'm still a bit of a wine guy. Does pairs well with a lot of meals, and sometimes a refreshing glass of rosé on a summer day hits. Wonderfully, And sometimes a little red wine at the end of an e- a day with a little chocolate hits wonderful. I'm not a big white wine drinker, uh, I understand the place for it. And people seem to really like it, but I'm more of a red and rosé kind of guy. And uh, so I was so hyped. I'm not a wine expert. You know, I like to try a bunch of new stuff. That's like on- the only way I can really learn how uh, I like and what I like and stuff like that. So that's why I use Vivino. It's the world's biggest online wine marketplace. They're also the largest online wine community with 50 million users rating and reviewing just about every wine. Uh, Vino carries all my favorites, but I didn't grab any of my favorites because I took the opportunity to try a bunch of new stuff that I wouldn't normally get. So I got like four different rosés and four different red wines Uh, already. Uh, finished a couple of the rosés, brought two of the red wines to parties. That's what I like to do with wine as well. It's such a great gift. If they don't open it there, you know they still get to use it. Uh The, the Vivino app has everything you need to know about wine. It's right in your hand. You can see all the ratings and reviews. You can leave your own. And of course, you could even buy wine. My favorite thing to do is scan a bottle when I'm shopping in a store and see what Vivino's users say about it and see what price I can get it from on Vivino. So... uh. I'm so st- I'm as a matter of fact just recording this ad has made me decide I'm going to have some red wine with my dinner tonight. I believe I'm making a little bit of skirt steak, so I'll be checking that out. Uh, I've really stepped up my wine game thanks to Vivino. So give them a try, and I know you're going to love it. Go to Vivino.com slash mighty and use code mighty at checkout to save 20% off your first order of up to $200. That's V-I V-I-N-O.com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y code mighty to save 20% on your first order of up to $200. Vivino.com slash mighty code mighty. See site for details. Terms apply. You know, women have been talking about their bodies for years. Why don't men? I do talk about my body pretty frequently, but it's nice to hear about a podcast where other men are talking about their own bodies. Whether it's hairy shoulders, thin calves, skin tags on your biceps, uh, butt fur, uh, foot Cheese. I'm just trying to put two words together that kind of gross me out, but are real about bodies. Uh, Luckily, you don't have to hear me list anymore because there's a new show I want you to check out called Manatomy, like anatomy with an M in front of it, Manatomy, Manatomy, where men talk openly, frankly, and hilariously about their own bodies. Each week, comedian Danny Wallace, author of Yes Man, made into the Jim Carrey film, and magazine vet Phil Hilton welcome stand-ups, athletes, writers, big men, small men, exercising men, cheese-consuming men. It's awkward, intimate, funny, weird, and totally like unlike anything else. It's not a health guide. It's not self-improvement. It's a no-judgments zone. Sounds right in my wheelhouse. It's the story of a life told through the body that's lived it. Check out Monatomy. New episodes available every week on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this one. Give it a listen, Monatomy.
0: I, 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 I.
1: I want to nail. I want to talk a little bit more about those uh, Olympic camps. But before that, when did you give it up? When did you stop?
0: I had my last major fight, so I lost, like, two really important fights when I was uh, 16, 17. And that's kind of, like, the age where you're either leveling up or, like, you're not, like, you got to really decide to give or or get out of the way.
1: Yeah, at at minimum, you're you're a 17-year-old person, and you're like, do I want to travel around the country and getting kicked in the head? Cause I'm not doing that great at it. Uh, or do I want to like, <laughs> maybe find some, you know, like it, was that what was on your mind or was it like, I don't want to lose anymore. Or were you losing interest?
0: So listen, this is the most embarrassing thing that I've ever done in my life. Uh, and I'm going to tell you this right now in confidence. Uh, so Perfect. I <laughs> auditioned for a stage production of Stuart Little non like the musical. So it was a musical version of the movie Stuart Little uh that was written I think just by somebody in the community. I got the part
1: That's of not this, the end of the most embarrassing story ever. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought that was I, plenty embarrassing for me. I got
0: the part of Stuart Little's mom. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, it's getting worse. <laughs> who in this musical I think is in the show for 10 minutes. I had to make the harrowing decision of do I go to US Open? Uh, of which I've qualified, uh, I've trained a really long time for, uh, a, you know, like it's important if I want to get to national try, like the national team uh, tryouts, I need to be at this fight. Or do I want to go do Steel Beam Theater's production of Stuart Little, the musical? Uh, and I picked... The latter. The latter, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, uh- <laughs> but that sent you more down a uh, correct path than uh, U S open, uh, junior nationals or Ever whatever. What have. Have. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Open way more doors for me. Uh, no, I mean like honestly, end of the day, I'm not mad at all. Like I, I, it was like, if my time was done, I was like genuinely, like I'd spent my, uh, I'd spent that summer before in Colorado Springs. And I just had had like a real epiphany at that camp that like I'm done. Like I'm, I, I think I'm done with this and it's just tough. Cause there's like so much riding on it at that point. Like there's so many coaches and.
1: But you're also people. at the, you're, you're at, the, you're also at the age where self-awareness is starting to creep in a little bit. And you're yeah. like, you're like, I'm trying so hard and these people are, I can actually see the difference in our skill levels. Like I'm, we're 16 now we're 17 now. I I always thought, hey, we're all Taekwondo. Like, that's how I always felt. And then, like, you start to, when you are, you become, like, unfortunately aware of, like, oh, no, these people are objectively better than me at this. And I I can tell they're not trying. It's not killing them as much to even. So, oh, will I ever be as good as Barry here? And I probably won't. And is that enough of a sign for me at this age to be like, what am I really? Like,
0: Cause yeah. It's not- I would also even argue that, like, for me, it was like I was looking around at people and going, oh, my God, I don't want it as bad as Barry. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. and I think that that is just as important because, like, at the camp where I had this epiphany, uh, there was this girl who, like, so this was an invitation only camp. It was really like, you know, uh, it was like a high level thing. Like, it, they had people from all over the country there. And there was this girl who was there who I'd never seen before who was like my age, my height looked to be in my weight division. And I was like, I don't know you. I would absolutely know you. Like <clears throat> at this point, like, you know, I, I'd, I'd fight like nine, 10, 11, 12, like big fights every year. And at the tournaments, you see the same people, you fight the same people in your weight division. She looked my age. So like, and I would have been 16 at the time. So the the age division is 14 to 17. So I'm like, I would have seen you around. I haven't seen you. Uh, so we get like partnered, they were like partnering people up for sparring drills and I got partnered with this girl and she immediately like right off the start, uh, back kicks me into the nose. My nose just like breaks immediately and it was brutal. And so the, uh, the instructor, uh, it was Juan Moreno, was running the camp. He is a two-time silver medalist, uh, ran a camp. He was running the, uh, Olympic program for Taekwondo at the time was like, okay, go uh, go take Vic to the nurse. So it's like me and this girl walking to the nurse and she's like, I'm so sorry. I really don't want to fuck this up. Like, this is my opportunity. I had to like beg to come to this camp. And like, I love, I just love this so much. And I really want this to work out. And I'm scared that they're going to send me home. And I'm just like, I'm like, stop talking to me. But then I'm like by myself for a second. And I genuinely was like, oh my God. Like, I've never wanted to be here as bad as this girl wants to be here you know what i mean and i i just like really had this like oh yeah moment where i'm like oh yeah i'm i need to move like i don't want to i don't want to do this anymore
1: and you're i feel like you're smart enough at that age and and uh know yourself enough to be like oh you can recognize that she wants it more and maybe you never recognize that in yourself previously of like damn okay that is what the coaches are talking about what the sports movies are talking about. When it's like, you got to, you got to want it when you're like, yeah, I don't like you. I didn't fight tooth and nail to get invited here you know like oh absolutely shit. Yeah.
0: i got invited because i've been here forever and like i'm a good fighter who can like i that was my other thing too is i perpetually got third place like that was my uh that was my only thing anytime i'd get up to those metal fights like when my because usually like i don't know you have like five to eight fights uh per round sort of in my division uh it was like a competitive weight division I'd win, like, my first two fights, and then I'd get into that one where it's, like, deciding who goes to the gold-silver fight, and I would almost always lose that fight.
1: Oh, man. That, like, the, that's the wheelhouse, the third place?
0: That- I, it was too much pressure going to the gold-silver fight, so I would almost always psych myself out in that fight, and then as soon as I got to, like, it's the podium or no podium, I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get on the podium. That's fine. Like, right, And it right. was, like, I could almost always tell if I was going to win a fight before the fight.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any desire now to get back into it at all?
0: Every day, every day. It's like, now that I've stopped and I'm not flexible and I can't kick anymore. I'm like, I go into like, anytime I go to uh, like a conference center or like a football field where like anywhere where they used to have it, I'd be like, I want to do something like, get me out there. It's every time
1: do you ever find yourself doing like, you know, like when you're with your friends and you're like, you just do like a sidekick or something, or you do something where you're like, Oh, I still have it a little bit because I am now on my third round of, I uh, did eventually got back into martial arts in, when I lived in New York, 10 years ago, I was doing Brazilian oh, uh, cool! for a little while at Henzo Gracie's. And then I gave that up. That was not for me. I got dominated daily. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I was about to say, which is for me, but not in p j j But we don't have to get into any. Like, this is we don't know each other no, that I well, Vic. I like that. <laughs> this is my problem. Like, don't say that. But you should probably tell them what you told yourself not to say, because that would be more genuine. And I'm like, just never have any of this conversation. You're fine.
0: Uh, no, I'm happy we went back, and thank you for sharing that. With yeah, me. no, but I'm
1: glad, Vic. I had to make sure I got that across, Michaelis. <sighs> I need you to hear this. Uh, yeah. But now I'm back in martial arts again. I was doing it before quarantine out here because I'm a, like I said, my love of martial arts came from the movies. So, of course, I'm a diehard Bruce Lee head. Of course, I've read all the Jeet Kune Do books and mm-hmm. all his books. And now I'm studying Jeet Kune Do. Uh, oh, with a cool. with a uh, instructor out here in the park. And I was doing it pre-quarantine in like a big group. Now I'm doing one-on-ones as I get back to feeling safer of being in a large groups. But, uh,
0: Oh, it, that's so cool. Is it fun? Like, is it how so similar fun. is it to like,
1: it's so, it's so funny. Cause it's, I think partially because it's like LA adult classes and also partially because it's Jeet Kune Do where, there is no forms. There is no like you have to bat like Bruce didn't ha- want any of that stuff. He kind of like Americanized it for like this is just how to fight. So it it's a little bit like fight camp more than it is about like a dojo. So and Gosh, I don't hate I- that. But like so and the skill levels all are kind of all over the place because it's like it's Saturdays at 10. You know what I mean? It's like some of these guys are competing in MMA fights using their Jeet Kune Do. And some of them yeah. are 300 pound comedians who are like, how do you stand with your right fist forward? <laughs> yeah, and, that's, <laughs> and that's me, baby. But I'm loving it and
0: i oh man
1: and i had one of the junior instructors uh junior instructors guys like younger than me but a legend he and he he was like that (laughs) and i'm like hey junior instructor i have a quick question i know you could absolutely disassemble me with your hands and feet (laughs) right now but uh he was like oh you you move pretty quick for a big man and i was just like the that's like the best thing a fat guy can hear. Cause I am actually agile, I think from years of sports and martial arts. So like demonstrating that at 300 pounds, I felt like such a fucking King. He was like, and I was like,
0: yes, this is why I do it. I <laughs> love that. My compliment. I, cause I had started back up a few years ago and my big compliment that I got was like, oh, I didn't think that you were going to be able to to kick like that. Like, oh, like, that was pretty strong. Like, that's always, like, my favorite oh, thing. Because yeah. I always go into these places, like, my, my favorite, like, weird little thing to do, which is, like, who cares? But my favorite thing is to just go in and not say anything and just be like, I'm just going to try out a class. And then people be like, have you done this before? <laughs> and know. to me, that's just like, <laughs> that's all I want, is I want people to ask if I've done this before. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, I used to fight a little bit. And then they'd be like, well, come to this class though i did have to stop for a while cuz i was just getting my ass kicked by like 14 year old boys and i couldn't do it anymore i genuinely couldn't do it anymore they were so good and they were snarky and there's What
1: what about backing off from the fighting part of it does that still or is that the part that appeals to you the most about it because So I-
0: think that's the tough thing for me is like, that is what I love about it. So my thing is kind of like what you're doing where I'm looking for an adjacent martial art at this point. So like, Wushu, I'm very into, like I've read a lot about and I'd really like to get into. There's just like not a ton of gyms in the area. Uh, so that's like where what I'm looking at right now is I'm, I'm looking to get back in in a different martial art.
1: That's literally what happened to me in 2020. I'm, I'm going through this ongoing midlife crisis in the last couple of years.
0: And oh, I was yeah. like,
1: I want to do martial arts again. I don't want to do MMA because that's not the culture I'm looking for. and. Yeah. Brazilian jiu jitsu was not for me. I would do muay thai. That's and then I was like, I also wanted to do something that could potentially be good for TV and movies. Like, w- like I'm not like I'm literally in that much of a midlife crisis. It's like maybe I'll be like one of those dudes who's like a henchman in his 40s in movies. I'm like you know what I mean? Like I would love to. So I'm like, oh, I should learn. And then I was listening to Bruce Lee's memoir on audiobook, uh, A Life, and I got kind of I was like. Let me just Google. Like I live in Los Angeles. I live in Southern California. There's so yeah. much shit here. There's so so many people moved out here to launch careers as stuntmen and and so many celebrities take martial arts. So I just like typed in and I was like uh, at the level I'm like I'm a grown man. I have some money. If there's like a <laughs> private instructor I could like I was like fuck it. I'll find it. And then it's like we teach in the park three days a week. I'm like,
0: the park? Yes. Oh, it's affordable. It's near my house. Holy I mean, shit. Brilliant. I'm yeah. truly dying to know. You don't have to say now if you don't want to, but I would love the name of that oh, school. I'll,
1: I'll pass it on to you as soon as we get off mic. I don't want any fucking listeners showing up. to. Me. I mean, I feel like I feel like they could Google Jeet Kune Do Los Angeles and find me, but uh, then don't they'll say have that. to, they'll have do to that. face me. <laughs> 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 they may find me, but they'll never <laughs> defeat
0: me. You're
1: too agile. <laughs> do you find yourself ever like every once in a while, especially when I'm back in class, like I always find myself to like a weird, I like slip into a stance or like if I'm like walking oh, yeah. d- down a path and there's a tree branch, I like dodge it like a fighter rather than like just move it. And every once in a while I do something like that. And my wife just looks at me like you fucking goober. How old are you? And yeah. why are you now? Doing sparring stances, you tap me you tap me on the back and stuff. I'm like, I can't. It is help like it.
0: simultaneously the biggest part of myself that I don't talk about and the lamest part of myself that like comes out every once in a while. And anytime <laughs> it does, it's never got the reaction of like, whoa, cool. It's always like, What are you doing? Yeah, like, uh, it, oh.
1: Always. oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I
0: <laughs> used to box a lot. Like that was like my big thing right after I stopped Taekwondo. And I really love boxing, but it is like it's a tough crossover because if you You try to come in a lot of, a lot of kicking, but it's also like stance wise. And like, even just like the boxings like this and you're all like crunched up. Yeah. And like Taekwondo, like a big open, like stance and you're kicking where you're like coming in and snapping. And they're like, don't do any of that. Like all of that is like, if you were to actually box someone, you would die. Like you would, in a, in a recreational fight, you would die.
1: Yeah. A real boxer, like, that's the other thing too that I'm realizing, like hitting the pads at Jeet Kune Do, I'm like, oh, if I, you just need punch training more than anything, too. Real, like now we're talking about like to actually survive in a fight, but g- being able to throw a punch, whether you learn it via boxing, taekwondo, t- kickboxing, that's the skill that saves yeah. you. Like, it's like
0: <laughs> a <laughs> that, step further than that, having actually punch somebody is helpful. Uh, Having
1: been punched. And having been
0: punched and kicked. And it's like knowing, so like there was this really crazy thing. I was out like right after I, UCB, uh, I was walking into UCB Sunset RIP and it, I got punched in the head blindside as I was just like walking to my car. Just a guy like came up next to me, punched me in the head. I didn't see him coming. It's not like a cool story. I didn't like, do anything crazy but it was in the moment afterwards i was like okay i need to sit down i need to look around i need to see if there's anybody that i can see uh and i need to like try and get myself like into the light and closer to the area where i know there's people and it's like that is like part of that training yeah i I, like that is just as important as like being able to like do stuff beforehand like knowing what to do after and like knowing the experience and being able to like slow your heart rate down yeah I think it's just as important because you can't like, you can't control stuff like that. So sometimes it's like knowing one had to react.
1: That's fucking crazy, Vic. I I had heard that that happened to a person at the theater not realizing, I mean, I I don't think I knew oh, you at the that time. Was me, the yeah. one
0: martial artist at the theater, the one person <laughs> that maybe could have done something. Uh, and it was me. And well, I did get being punched blind. In the
1: head. Being, you can be a fucking karate master, but being blindsided is being blindsided. As a matter of fact, not that we're supposed to be giving fight advice, but <laughs> my my anecdotal uh, amateur fist fighting uh, advice I give everyone is frequently throwing the first punch wins the fight, <laughs> like, and that's a Absolutely. hard that's a hard bridge to cross is to be the person that throws the first punch. But if yeah. you want to win a fight, you c- kind of got to throw that first punch.
0: Yeah, people always say like don't be, like don't be the one to start it, be the one to finish. And I'm like, yeah, but if you want to be the one to finish it, sometimes it is helpful to have the element of surprise and be the one to start yeah. in the first place. <laughs> You're definitely
1: more likely to win a fight if you hit them and they don't hit you. Like that's definitely better in the law. That's objectively yeah, a better thing.
0: I think uh, that's good fight advice. I feel good about that. I feel good telling people that
1: I, I meant to say earlier and I, it just came back to me as I'm giving fight advice. It triggered me. Cause that's like what my dad did my whole life. Cause he was like a high school dropout, like trashy, like we fight other gangs of kids kind of guy. But then He, After picking me and my brothers up at uh, Taekwondo every Sunday and watching the tail end of it and then seeing that there was an adult class that started after, my dad was eventually like, see what this is all about. And he joined the same Taekwondo school, the adult Uh. class. I mean, my brothers were in the kid class and then he stuck with it longer than us we all no. quit we all quit after getting our black belts which we beat our dad to black belt then he got his black belt then he stayed for another 3 years and got his second or se- 2 years and got his second degree black belt test no yeah way and i got to say it's a really interesting vibe going to your father's black belt test when you're like old enough and also do the sport. So you kind of know what's going to happen. And I got to watch my dad's they on his second degree black belt test. He sparred two guys from the school. Like they Whoa. were like two V one, but my dad, in addition 2v1? to v one. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like f- first degree black belt test. You got to spar. Like, I mean, you have to spar on all of your tests, but like at the black belt test, right. you have to spar one, per, a, a higher level student for an extended period of time.
0: After this, we got to talk about black belt tests. Cause I think that like, that's a level of pageantry that I think people don't realize goes into. Oh uh, yeah.
1: And I got it. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about our black, belt. <laughs> watching my dad fight one V two. So my dad, in addition to being eventually a decent martial artist, he was also like a, like a scumbag, but he was also six foot five, 250 yeah. pounds. So he's like a a big dude. And watching him fight two second degree black belt kids, like the high level students from the school, and like seeing my dad grab a guy by his chest pad and th- like just throw him to the ground completely illegally. But like in, <laughs> of course, in the Long Island Taekwondo world, people are like, excellent good work <laughs> like cheating always wins you know like that's the kind of... <laughs>
0: to guard the chest pad <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to protect yourself
1: that's really uh so you mentioned the pageantry of a black belt test maybe like, my earliest performance in life and now as a professional performer my in- earliest performance might have been at an elk's lodge in baldwin long island where i did under the yellow t- cigarette stained walls and ceiling. I did my katas. I broke my first brick at my black belt test. My first yep. concrete. I fucking sparred all in front of my mom and my high school girlfriend.
0: <laughs> you invited her. Yeah,
1: we were, you
0: know, I was like, I was very proud. And I was, I was like, a... as you should have been. I think a lot of people give you a hard time for that. I'm happy you invited her. Cause it's a big deal and you worked hard for it. And I'm, yeah, in hindsight,
1: it must've looked so insane to like, see your high school boyfriend when all that matters in high school is being cool. And your boyfriend is in like white pants going like Tagu one. You know, and it's like, Oh, I fucking hate this guy.
0: We didn't last,
1: but I don't think it was because of karate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Me too. What, what
1: was your black belt test? Like,
0: so, like, we – it's funny because I think everybody's kind of got their own little flavor that they put on it. Uh It was yeah. – uh, so, like, for first degree, um you had, like – you got to pick a bunch of different breaks. That was my favorite part. You got to spar, and then you had to read an essay that you wrote into the microphone which what i would say is probably my first performance uh that i did was i had to write uh what black belt means to me and we also like i don't know did you put sayings on your belt like we all had like our name and then in korean we had like us we got to pick like a black belt phrase and that like followed you oh
1: cool no that sounds more in my wheelhouse we had to do two forms that we masked, like we practiced a lot, two of like the 20 that you learn over the course of this specific school. And then you had to do two that they just threw out at you.
0: We had something similar to that where, yeah, I was like, you got to, we had to do, I think like, like our red belt form. And then we did choreo for the first time once. So you had to learn choreo beforehand. And then we did choreo, which is like the black belt form.
1: Uh, oh, cool. As soon as
0: we all put on our black belts, that was like the, the thing that everybody did. We did the brick break as well. But then for your second degree, which was my favorite part, we had self-defense sketches that you had to like write and choreograph and you had costume changes and you would like have a oh, script start, that you would starting go. Starting to see
1: the two worlds of Vic applying there. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. You know, I was thinking about playing Stuart Little's mom and I could just do a little costume change. Oh, we'll do here. a little
0: costume change. Yeah. Stuart Little's mom ended up breaking a brick. Uh, in <laughs> Hell the, the yeah. <laughs> 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 it was just like, it was so wild and it made no sense and people like were but people were very very into it like my sister was in gymnastics at the time so she could do flips and stuff like that so she for her second degree black belt test a year after mine added a back handspring into hers and our uh instructor miss vicky made her do that like sketch that she wrote that self-defense sketch at every single event for the rest of the year, like any gym gathering, anything like any party in anyone's house that we would do. Hannah would have to do that like self-defense sketch.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, speaking of the, th- at every black belt test for our school, like the right hand man of the teacher, this dude named everybody has, by the way, anyone at the, that trained at the school was all the most Ginzo names. It's like Joey, Nikki. Tommy Ronnie is that that's like the uh, sensei Joey you know and it's like sen- sensei Joey at at my dad's black belt test and my black belt test and uh, the other black belt test you would go to he did a form uh, a kata f- uh, comma form you know those like little. St- sickle weapons he would do yes yes is yes he would do a form with those set to annie are you okay and no. it was like no. to, us, no. to us to kids it was like the coolest thing at the time It was like he plays music during his form which i guess is you're we're calling choreo too oh, no. but it was like <laughs> Annie. are you okay are you okay and he's like, "Use he doing like, and it's just so awesome. And I'm like, that's for oh. me as I'm coming into the love of Taekwondo and martial arts via movies and watching a dude use bladed weapons set to music is like, I'm watching a scene from a movie and I, I cannot. Yeah. I mean, how does I could not have better? been more hyped? Yeah, exactly. Oh my it doesn't God. get much better than that. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But and like, even thinking about it now, it's like, I have secondhand embarrassment, but also I have to see it. Like I, I, I would tomorrow would like, if the gym was like, I'm doing a test, I'd go watch. I think probably. I
1: can't wait. I'm very excited to get back. The other cool thing about Jeet Kune Do is everyone's different skill levels there. So like I'm over in the corner with like the three other like guys who have, or haven't thrown or people who haven't thrown a punch in forever, and, and we're like, oh, okay. And then on the other side is like a 60-year-old man with a bow staff and jeans, and he's doing something. And then over here is like three guys demonstrating how to get out <laughs> of chokeholds. It feels like the, a dream come true where it's like weapons are out, there's like a heavy peep, there's all kinds of bags and shit, and it's just in the park, and everyone's doing different stuff. It feels so fucking rad. I, I, I want to get good at it How are they getting to the again. park? Yeah, these guys how- just... Back freaking trucks like truck? up. Yeah.
0: Wow. yeah. Okay. My,
1: my seafood was that. like, I'm going to get a, I think I'm getting a trailer so I can start bringing like a heavy bag on a stand and we could just wheel it right into the park. I'm like, yeah, man, go for it. I, <laughs> I pay you enough <laughs> in one, one-on-one classes that you should be able to afford to yeah,
0: uh, get that I, truck. I,
1: I've been, and also in the quarantine, one more martial arts thing. I Please. was like, I have uh, uh Filipino fighting sticks, uh, including padded training ones. And I was—I've been doing like Ooh. YouTube videos, uh, like right where you're wa- right where you're sitting, right where you're watching me. I'd be like standing here with my,
0: my foam oh, padded those sticks. Are so cool. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs>
1: I just hit myself in the nuts <laughs> on the first try.
0: <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything.
1: Thank you, thank you, Nick. <laughs> protect me.
0: Uh, I recently, like, I'm waiting for it to come in. I got a bow staff because I was just like, it's fun, and like, I there's no room for it in my place. I'm not gonna be able to practice with it except probably in a park. And I, it's the kind of thing where like I so badly want to be the person that like doesn't care and is just gonna like go. And be like, yeah, I just want to practice this for a little bit, but it does immediately bring me back to like being at recess and the teacher being like, "Come look at these idiots." Uh, well, I got news for
1: you, Vic. Adult adulthood is not like high school and Los Angeles. Is not like anywhere else <laughs> in the world. It, I, if you walked to the park at, with a bow staff in a full uniform, you'd be the eighth weirdest person in the park. I don't want to Las... get yelled
0: at by the slack liners is what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want
1: them yelling at me. <laughs> well, there's a hierarchy there and the slack liners and the acapella groups are going to have to learn that they are actually below <laughs> bow <beau> staff training.
0: <laughs> but they, it's, you know, they got those dope bucks on every day. They don't know. They don't know
1: that they're at the bottom. <laughs> My, uh, my dad, by the way, in in the in, actually still in my mom's basement. He's been dead for ten years now, but there's still a bow staff, all his belts, a wooden sword mounted on the wall, and then he also has one of those like makiwara hand toughening boards, uh, like where you would like punch to like make your hand stronger. It's just like a little pad that, and it was on oh wow a support beam in the basement of the house, and my dad would like punch it every morning, and it would like kind of shake the house <laughs> and. All my friends thought it was the coolest thing. And then me and my brothers were like, so fucking annoying. He just wants to show off that he's like awake and exercising.
0: Oh, that's so funny. And I hate to break it to him it's now required that you've got like gloves for Taekwondo. So it's like, you don't, you don't even need, even need the hands, hands yeah. anymore. You don't <laughs> even know. need it. Hand and foot pads are now required. Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> you never have time to put pads on in a street fight. Johnny. That's something like that. My dad would have said, aim yeah. for the biggest guy. There's no rules. Hit him right. in The dick, the eyes, the throat, whatever it takes.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. That's, kinda, that's smart. He's that's not wrong. Good. He's not <laughs> wrong. <laughs>
1: I will, despite his advice, get my ass kicked a number of times throughout my life, but yeah. it, it was good advice. Whether I truly harnessed it or not, that remains to be seen.
0: Now, this is maybe like something that like, because, you know, if you don't want to give uh, street fight advice to uh, people, I think that's fine. But like, what's the thing that you have found that's helped you the most, like from training in like actual practicality situations? So I used to work at a, like my, job was i worked at a thing called women to women which was a self-defense thing that my martial arts instructor like peddled out to different companies and schools and things like that and she would get paid and we got a pair of harley davidson steel toe biker boots and that was our payment for a season of doing this
1: oh okay interesting uh child but labor I mean, laws people, exploitation yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah. but you know it was, it was fine we like the boots were ugly but i wore <laughs> yeah. the <once>, so <laughs> it was all worth stupid. it <laughs> Uh, But she would always like talk about like uh, like biggest things to do in practical fights. But I don't think she'd ever been in a practical fight. Like I can count like on very few times. Like the number of times I've been in like physical fights. Like so, what is the things that you're like? Oh, that's what that's what you got to do.
1: Definitely like the the thing I well I was at a pool party with kids at uh, at it this past weekend uh, over Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend, whenever that was, and I was. I don't have kids. I am kind of a hard R rating in life. So I have to like adjust <laughs> frequently. But I was talking to like my friend's kids. They were like 10 and 12. And they were like, "I." they were talking about scars. And I'm like, I only have scars on my hands a lot and my head, but they're mostly on my hands. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I don't know if you can see this. I got like two, I got like a bunch around my knuckles and I got like a bunch on the top of my hand. And that's same. It.
1: And that's from martial arts. And then also from bartending, like reaching into places. <laughs> and then there's like, you scrape your knuckles or hit a piece of glass. So these kids are like bartending. Did you see a lot of bar fights? I was like, Oh yeah. And, and I'm like, they were like, were they cool? I'm like, no, they were, they're scary. And like, I feel like the best advice a kid, a young person can learn about, best practical advice is they're absolutely terrifying so if your fucking heart is in your throat if your piss is in your pants like you are not wrong it's terrifying your body reacts in a way that you're not prepared for like that it hasn't reacted like previously so a real fight hits but the mate that's why practicing sparring and getting hit in the face is the best practice you can have because yeah you, you know it's going to suck to get hit in the face, but you know it's not the end of the world if you get hit in the face. You know what it feels probably. like if you hit them. It's, yeah, I mean, probably. It could be, right? <laughs> to be fair. But the main thing I learned is like, the most important thing is like finding that distance. Whatever your distance is, is like that's what you need to maintain. Like if you're a close-up person, get close up to this person. Don't punch. If they if they seem like they're a wrestler, stay away and throw kicks and punches. But yeah. mostly get out of fights.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that is like, cause I also worked like, uh, like my big job up until like very recently was I did like, I was a brand ambassador. So like, I was like, uh, I worked for like Red Bull and Bacardi and I spent a lot of times at clubs. I was like around a lot of like fights, like you were saying at like weird, like scuzzy, like clubs and stuff <laughs> like that. And my number one thing that I always tell people is like, the the best thing that I took from martial arts for practical life is my ability to run faster than pretty <laughs> much anybody else. Like yes. my endurance and being able to like, just get out of a situation. And also like knowing something's about to go down. Like if you can like read the room and be like, Oh, this doesn't seem great. Just like get out of there. You don't need to be there. Yeah. To cool.
1: I will say my years of bartending have, have given me a very sh- like Sherlock Holmesian like ability to read body language exclusively if it's going to lead to fighting or fucking like I have
0: fascinating just from
1: years of being behind the bar at like trashy college level bars. I could just tell by body language and energy. I'm like fights brewing over here. These girls are going to kiss over here or these, you know, these dudes are going to hook up for sure over here. It's like, you could just feel it and feeling that the energy is a little heightened. uh, And then all this talk we're talking about, we're talking about martial arts we're leaving out like mixed martial arts, which are now probably the mo- one of the most popular sports in America. Oh, and, yeah. and unfortunately for people in random street fights, a lot of people are now trained fighters in some way. Or, and you or don't the, know. You have no way to know. No. And it only takes, and this is how you find out the hard way. Say you're like me, a big six foot two, 250 pound college kid and you get fucking worked by a five foot, 840 pound college kid because he knows jujitsu. Oh, like no. it's brutal. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. And, it's like, and not that's, all martial arts are equal. Like you're getting in a street fight. Like I want to be behind like the Muay Thai, the jujitsu yes, guys, like yes. the boxers, like that's who I'm standing behind. Like my pretty little, like, okay, there's a point and now we're taking a break for two minutes. Like i you don't yeah. want me like people are yeah. always like, if I, if we get in a fight, we want Vic. I'm like, you do not want me no. anywhere near your no, fight. crane
1: like, stand will not help us at all i want i will get us points
0: but that is nothing else (laughs) i
1: want a giant person who can box and like and take hits they can go first
0: yeah Yeah. it's
1: so and 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 that's the scariest thing of like talking to bouncers and shit it's like any one of these little people like it used to just be like all right move them out of the way like but now everyone's got training everyone's got leverage they can grab your wrist and bend it all that shit that just sucks Uh. that shit so be careful out there. Although are, are we all running in situations where we uh, fights are eminent? I mean, I guess they can happen anywhere, anytime shit, shit breaks down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess that's true. I guess this would be for like younger people that are like, what do I do in a fight?
1: Yeah. No, don't fight. <laughs> don't don't do fight. It. Don't Avoid it at it's
0: all. It's Do you have video games?
1: Vic, I want you to get back into martial arts. I feel like, well, you know what? You're also younger than me. You'll, you have plenty of time to uh, I realize. Do
0: too. Even talking about it like this is just like exciting. It's yeah. like very much like, I don't know. Like I am, I've, I always feel called to it. Like anytime I go anywhere new, like my first thought is like, oh, I should go find a Taekwondo gym. And I have like my, uh, I have my, uh, like Don certificates from South Korea. So like I can, I my black belt, like 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 translate
1: my credits transfer, my (laughs) my TKD creds. So I can
0: theoretically like go and teach at other schools. Not that I would want to do that, but like, I, I can't do that. But I, I think like, I think kind of like we were talking about earlier, my Taekwondo days might be over, but like, I'm, I am actively looking for another martial art.
1: Yeah. Also just like, as an adult, you're like, It's fun to have an exercise, quote unquote, exercise class you want to go to, like where it's like, oh, I accidentally get fitness, but really I'm just so jazzed because I'm getting to throw punches and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's the highlight of Jeet Kune Do for me. (laughs) You have to learn right lead and left lead because uh, because Bruce's belief was, why would you put your more powerful weapon further away from your opponent? So I'm learning all right hand forward as a righty I'm fighting southpaw and I'm learning the jab with my right arm which is just such a weird
0: I love that because also so smart of course like I'm left leg back because for the exact same reason like my instructor was big on like if my right legs, my stronger leg, that being, cause I was always the heaviest person in my weight division. Like I was borderline weight division. So like I was always the one in trash bags when we'd find out that there was only four girls in the division above me. And I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, okay, great. Like <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to eat a pizza and then we'll go to weigh in again. <laughs> um, but it was like, it genuinely, uh, uh, like, I don't know. Like that's, that's very, that's very exciting. Like, And it
1: feels, it feels unusual. And then you get used to it. And so, and and this is the exciting thing about G Kune Kundo. Another exciting thing for me is Bruce, <laughs> Bruce built it around like uh, uh, kung fu, boxing, fencing, and cha cha. Uh, huh. Like so, fencing is why it's right arm forward, and it's kind of like you want your strongest weapon out there, keeping right the ba- keeping the person away from you. And you sort of are lined up like this. And then cha cha, he was uh, Bruce originally met, learned about the United States or like saw the United States by touring as the Hong Kong cha-cha champion.
0: No, cause he was
1: a really good dancer and he learned the Way. cha-cha. And not
0: surprise me at all to hear actually, like it is shocking to hear, but it's not surprising.
1: Exactly. And then if, when you learn Jeet Kune Do, you learn a lot of the, moves all generate like power from the hips and like most martial arts you get a lot of power from the hips but when you find yourself just doing the hip move that would lead to the punch or the kick you realize you're doing the cha-cha like you're like whipping your hips back and forth to get power and it's like oh shit that's where bruce got that from and it's it's so fun to just uh and now now that I'm, like, a grown-up and I have more intellectual capacity and arguably curiosity, like, it's such a fun thing for me to, like, pull these, like, now I'm learning not just the moves, but, like, an, on another level that I would not have when I was fucking 16 or 15, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Oh, man, that's so cool. That's really, really cool. And it's, like, it's also so exciting that, like, martial arts are always so old. Like, all my grandmasters, like, are from South Korea and like are, you know, like came to the States and are like on the board. And so it's like very cool for like a martial art that's like so young. Too. Yes. And, yes, like,
1: that's what's thrilling. Like my instructor learned from the person who learned from Bruce. It's only like second generation because of, like it's so such a modern cool. form. Yeah. And it was found founded in America more or less. Even though he is uh like a Chinese I mean he is a Chinese American uh he is uh biracial but it's an american martial art form because he like yeah. t- taught it here and the other exciting things about bruce while we are i'm just rambling cuz now i'm just giddy and have someone who might give a shit uh big time pothead and no way big time pothead he learned about pot and it, like as someone who alcohol didn't agree with him and he's like steve mcqueen i think gave him his first joint and of he loved it of course he did and that's such a cool right and, and then also bruce got into a lot of hot water with uh, the martial arts communities in America because he taught to black people in San Francisco. He taught to anyone, anyone who would take, who wanted to sign up. And he was the first person that taught like African American, uh, black people in the back in the day. And, uh, other people like the elders of different martial arts forms were not cool with that. And he said, no, this is for everybody. Like, you know, you want to learn, I'll teach. Like,
0: man, that is fascinating. I had no idea. I've always been such a big Bruce fan. Like
1: same such a fucking cool dude
0: that's that's so cool and i like i don't know nearly enough about like him as a person like this is maybe so interested like not only like it's jee you said yeah yeah not only that but also like i don't know just like get picking up a biography
1: yeah i highly recommend uh his memoir called a life it's poorly written like it's not that well written but it doesn't have friend, to be but. for bruce doesn't have to be for bruce lee's life you just his wikipedia is tight you know what i mean like it's yeah, cool yeah. to read his wiki <laughs> and it's just like because he just had that kind of like short action packed life where he did so much and lived like such a crazy life but that enough about Bruce. Let's get back to Vic Vic. Where can listeners of high and mighty find you? Uh, I mean, besides in your dojo when they have to challenge you for superiority of the SoCal uh, martial yeah, arts absolutely. community.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm at V I C M M I C across all platforms. And if I could just say it's pride month, there's a lot of really awful anti-trans bills going around. You can find info on that uh, at the ACLU. Uh, they're, they're suing a bunch of people and, you know, just in general, you can find like links to petitions and things like that on on their Instagram
1: and website. Fuck, yeah, co-sign that. Not going to plug my action movie podcast
0: after no, that. Doing no, doing no, no, no,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> I'd rather prioritize that. Let's do it. I I have a, 500 episodes of this podcast to talk about my shit. But yeah, a lot of fucking subterranean moves are happening in politics around the country and it feels like a, a, you know, we we have to push back against the fucking flood of this bullshit that's coming up. Like, so Let's keep our eyes peeled for this. Let's stop that all the fucking anti-trans legislation. Let's stop all the anti-voting legislation because it's starting to feel like an obvious power grab. Let's fucking put an end to it. It's bullshit. Who gives a shit what people want to call themselves, what gender they want to be. It shouldn't be any of our... I don't give a fuck what anyone does in their lives. No one else should. That's... It's really... At minimum, you should actually just feel empathy and feel care and hope the best for people. But at minimum, all you have to do is not think about them at all. (laughs) Like... Honestly. such an easy ask is just drop it. Like whenever someone's like, uh, well, are we supposed to put our pronouns on our resume? I'm like, yes or no. And if so, why are you complaining about it right now? Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Just do the thing. I, like, sorry, I'm worked pro- up about it. No, I'm no, clearly no, no. bringing it's in a-
0: pronouns, too. I genuinely do think it's the kind of thing. Like if you really talk to anybody one on one, it's like it's something that. Will not impact you at all, but will like make a person's like day or week or like affect like how everything goes. So like, why does it then like if you think about it in terms of that, like, why does it matter to you? Like, just just do it. (laughs) Just do it. But that's like it doesn't affect you at all.
1: The first person that ever uh, straight up said to me, it's like, yeah, but now we're supposed to call them a different pronoun because they're announcing that they're a woman now. And I was like, you have a stage name. Like, the person that was talking to me was like, they're a TV writer that didn't go by their Jewish last name, but went by, like, a cool, hip-sounding middle name as their last name. And I was like, you can probably unpack who this (laughs) is, using, but I was just like, bro, that's the same exact thing. If you want, like, if I need to intellectualize this for you, it's the same thing as saying, like, please don't call me Jonathan, call me John. Like, Because that's the name I prefer. No one would be like, your birth certificate says Jonathan. So you are Jonathan. I'm so tired of people trying to change the God-given name. And it's like, no, call me John. No, call me they. No, I'm a woman now. It's really not that fucking hard. And I have slipped up with friends. And no one has ever like put me on trial. They Somebody have just will correct said
0: like, you, "Say thank you and move on." That yes, genuinely, exactly. is
1: exactly. It. <laughs> well, it's just like fucking up someone's name. You're like, it's actually Michaelis, and you're like, got it, and you're like, not offended that I had to double check or anything well, like I that. Well, I was
0: offended, but that's well, a specific, yeah, that's, that's you because yeah. I was pretty mad.
1: <laughs> you're sort of not as chill as you come across. That's I, what we should. Uh, say.
0: I'm unapproachable, and that's kind that's, of my thing.
1: Absolutely unapproachable. That's the vibe you put out for the last hours. So. Well, that's what I'm trying
0: to. That I want people to know: don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't perceive me. And then, but last but not least, I really just want to plug uh, your action podcast. <laughs> thank I, you. <laughs> most oh, thank God. most important,
1: thing. and most. Now that we've solved uh, all of that, let's listen to Action Boys on Patreon. But you can also get free episodes wherever they are, Vic. Thank you so much for coming on. I have uh, Jeet Kune Do in the morning tomorrow, and I'm s- oh! thrilled. I'm so hyped for it now. How
0: spectacular. I can't wait to look it up. Thank you so much for having me. This was a freaking blast.
1: This was so rad for me too, Vic. I appreciate it. And
0: bye, shitheads. <laughs> I, 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 I am mighty. That was a HeadGum Podcast. In a part of the world. Where there are no rules.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> holy shit, guys, holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in '92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir mm. Putin is a good man. Arnold. You're come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are this movie. See, I see. It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now... A new game in town You wake up after a few years And then you don't even know who you are anymore We're gonna be making Terminators <laughs> We're gonna thinking... make a really great deal with the Zeno What? <laughs> I don't hate them, but I in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand This is now the 20th ending of the movie <laughs> I am dark I'm your dad Action Boys Boys will be boys Subscribe here for bonus content And more free stuff from behind the paywall